How dare you? Hi, welcome to another Digging Chris Graves. I'd like to welcome horror writer Steve Niles. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a, it's an honor and a, a pleasure. Um, right off the bat, uh, for people that don't know, uh, could you just tell us a little bit about your about yourself and your, your background in horror specifically? Well, it's a long history because I've been doing it <laughs> since my 20s. Um, I'm in my 50s now. So, uh, uh, you know, I started out doing adaptations of like I Am Legend and Clive Barker and, and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, what I'm probably best known for, though, is 30 Days a Night, which yeah. uh, I actually did when I was in my 30s. I'd already been doing comics for like 20 years, you know, so. Uh, How long did that take you to, uh, to get that screenplay produced into a, a feature film? Seven years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that was with, you know, it, it was, you know, that's with everything moving forward. There were, there were, you know, I think there were three versions of the screenplay, um, but they kept at it and they got it done. You know, I really, I put a lot of faith in Sam Raimi uh, and uh, he, he, he came through. He came through and that, that <clears throat> and as a fan of eighties uh, horror myself, uh, that must have been uh, pretty wild to have someone uh, of Sam Raimi's caliber on board of your your project. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely uh, that was the toughest pitch when I had to pitch Sam Raimi. I was just yeah, I was gobsmacked, you know. I uh, I was definitely a, a fanboy, but he was really nice. He's a really nice guy. He really relaxes you. He's a total fan, you know. He loves horror. He's a and uh, actually. It was the second meeting when we were once they had already taken the pitch, but I was on the Sony lot going over notes for 30 days a night. And he, uh, he pulled me aside. It's like, come here, come here. He goes, you're a nerd. You'll like this. And he opens a box and it's the <laughs> Spider-Man costume. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was right. But he's just incredibly nice guy. Was he at the time, was he uh, doing his Alfred Hitchcock thing where he was wearing a suit and tie or is that, only a thing you think he does yeah. on the set. Yeah. He was, oh, he, wow. No, no, he was, yeah, he was wearing a suit and tie. So, oh, wow. Yeah. But yeah, I well, really, uh, I liked out on that film a lot, you know, and David Slade, the director, you know, he, he, he really protected it and uh, made yeah. sure that as much of the comic as they could would get on screen. So very happy. And there was actually a, a proposed sequel. Am I correct? That... There was a sequel called Dark Days that went straight oh. to video, and uh, there's a reason you haven't heard about it. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. I apologize if that's, uh, if that's no, no. Yeah. it happens. I, I, you know, I consider myself very lucky to have one of Thirty Days a Night right. treated so well because it really is rare. It's very hard. Yeah, in Hollywood, a lot of the time they'll. They'll not be faithful to the material at all. Yeah, no, exactly. that's well. I'm I'm very happy for you to have that experience. You know, so like you said, very rare, very rare. But going back all the way back, actually, uh, we share a lot of things in common. Um, you actually started out with punk punk bands, right? In the in the eighties. Oh yeah, yeah, 
going back before the comics, uh, I was in a band called uh, Gray Matter. Yeah. Um, yep. We yeah we were on Discord Records. We played out of Washington D.C. Um, so I was part of that whole D.C. scene. So that uh, was, was the really Black great. Flag guys, right? Is that the Black Flag guys? Discord. Well, Henry. No, Henry is from uh, D.C. Okay. But not the rest of the Black Flag. Discord is Ian Mackay. And Ian, okay. Ian, who did that's what Fugazi yeah. and Minor Threat and all that. Fugazi, yeah, so yeah, cool. but you know, that's really where you know I really learned the DIY ethic, you know, where yeah. you know you really can do things by yourself and you can do things fairly, you know, because to this day I still get music royalties. Wow, from Discord, yeah, I mean, I, wow, yeah, from Discord, yeah, it's just a few hundred bucks here and there, but. You know, it's it's really cool that people are still listening. Yeah, well, could you tell us just a little bit about that? Like, what um, did you guys put out uh, EPs or LPs or how uh, long we did put out our we put out an LP? Our first album was an LP. Um, when we put it out, everybody in the band was still in high school. <laughs> That's great. So, <laughs> give you an idea how young we were. We were all like 16, 17. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just, it was really, so we, what we wound up finally releasing was uh, the first album, a second EP, a double seven inch, and then a final album. What were some of the, the titles? Because uh, I love the gray matter right off the bat. Like, <laughs> Well, the, the first album is called Food for Thought. Okay. And the second, the EP, that if I like the second EP the most, it's called Take It Back. Okay. Uh, it's a little harder, so I, I I generally like things a little harder. Uh, yeah, me too. First one's very punk rock, you know, very garage rock. But the second one, we just sort of went nuts, and I love the way it came out. How would you describe it, like uh, with some of your contemporaries back then? Like, uh, was it like uh, the Dead Kennedys kind of thing, or was it not really? Like we we didn't play thrash. It was very it was very um, rock oriented, but you know, faster and harder. Right. Um, you know, we were playing around with bands like uh, Embrace at the time. Fugazi hadn't started yet. Um, yeah. Rites of Spring, bands like that. So there was like this real energy in the city at the time. And uh, everybody was just doing really great, fun music. We were, we were doing shows at uh, the drummer's dad's restaurant. Yeah. You know, we would, do mat we would do matinees with like four or five bands and stuff. Yeah. So it was really, well, it was really great. So you, you have a music background too? Well, I had a, uh, yeah, I had a, uh, a punk, uh, I call it like a retro punk thing. I was trying to go for kind of the era that you're talking about, but uh, I, I, this was in like the late nineties. So around that time, right. everything was like green day and blink 182. And that wasn't punk to me. Like I liked yeah. black flag and dead Kennedy's yeah. and Ramones things like misfits yeah. definitely yeah. um so yeah i had a thing it was uh sadistic pricks <laughs> which uh <laughs> which when i told uh my some of my relatives that they uh you know started crying and closed the door so so i moved on from there <laughs> yeah but, uh, i always had that with with my parents yeah. you know they really liked that i was doing music but my dad was always like you know i hear what you're saying but you're yelling at me <laughs> so <laughs> yeah <laughs> You had to so, be, I, I, guess, I guess it was a generational thing too, maybe, you know? Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, what was your position in the band? Were you the singer, guitarist, bassist? Yeah. Oh, it's the ba bass player. 
I played guitar on a couple, on a few songs, like three songs out of all that, but yeah. mostly just bass. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's awesome. That's great. And did you have any, any wild like uh, touring, touring that you did? You know, like we, around we, the area? We, did, we did Europe. We did the East coast. Um, we did the West coast a couple times, but we didn't tour that much. You know, the thing with the band was everybody in the band had stuff going on. Uh, I was doing comics. Jeff, uh, the lead guy, runs a studio. Dante has a restaurant, nightclub. And Mark had a bookstore. And, you know, he had a ton of things going. So it was one of those things we, it was really just, you know, we were friends who hung out. So we, you know, we made a band of it, you know. But when it came to touring and really taking it seriously, we, we never really got there. Well, you went to Europe, my friend. I never got to do. I never got to do that at all. That's yeah, awesome. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. You know. That's cool. Was it just like England or like Ireland or? No, you know, it was like uh, Amsterdam and Germany and oh, okay. Austria. So right. yeah, we never got to England. We never got to Paris. Never got to Italy. It was all just ma- mainly the Netherlands. Okay. All right. Well, you know, <laughs> still. You, yeah. you went beyond uh, New England like uh, like I did. So that's yeah. that's awesome. I, I, it was a great experience. It really was. That's that's great. Uh, all right. So going back, um, going back even further than that, how did you get uh, involved with like not involved, but what was your interest in horror? Like uh, I'm assuming as a child or a teenager. You know what? As a young kid, I was terrified. As like oh, wow. a you know little little kid, I would I would be attracted to watch the movies like during the day, yeah. and then at night oh, I'd yeah. just be like petrified, and my parents would get mad, and it was this whole deal, you know. And then one day, like all this stuff that scared me just turned into an obsession, you know. And suddenly, I all the stuff that scared me was like posters on my wall, and you know, I had all yeah. the books and the, you know, and I was uh. At the time when I started getting into horror, I was also getting into wanting to do um, make movies. So I was yes. trying to do makeup prosthetics and stop motion animation and all that kind of stuff. So I just once I fell into it, I just went nuts. You know, I just I loved it. That was the same thing as me. I'm not kidding. Like yeah. I, I was like I I was hatched in the early 1980s. I like to say, you know, I don't say I was born. I was hatched in 83. And I was kind of scared of all these horror movies that were coming out at at the time. And that the thing that scared me the most was the first two Nightmare on Elm Street movies that my babysitter thought was a good idea to bring those over for a four-year-old to watch. So that scared the Uh, crap out of me quite a while. And then I noticed that in the early 90s, I got reintroduced to Freddy Krueger and all that. And I was wondering why that that guy scared me so much. So it became almost like an obsession, and I started getting Fangoria magazine, and it almost watered it down to where now I actually appreciated the magic trick and everything. So to hear yeah. you say that, like I can really identify. Yeah, I remember. You know, this will date me again, but I remember getting number one Fangoria number one, Godzilla and it had on the that cover. picture. It, uh, Godzilla on the cover, and it had that still inside from Dawn of the Dead of the guy's head exploding. Yeah. My mom was just like, I don't I don't know about this. <laughs> just like, no, you don't understand. It's Tom Sweeney. He's the greatest. Yeah. 
yeah. It's all a magic trick. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, all right. So, yeah. so I'm again. I shouldn't assume, but I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here and and say that you were probably a fan of the Universal Horror um, and all those. Oh, characters. can you tell behind me? Yeah, I've got yeah, yeah. behind me. Um, yeah, huge. You know, those were the ones, and oddly enough, the very first one I ever saw as a kid was Abbott Costello meets Frankenstein. That's a great movie. Which, yeah, is now it's one of my favorite movies. But I started with that, and yeah. then I went backwards and watched Frankenstein and Bride, and then you know, all I love all of them. You know, uh, so the Gill know, Man. especially I, I have a real. What's that? In the Gill Man. Uh, I was gonna say I have a real weakness for especially Frankenstein and the Gill Man. You know, because they both too. have that in common where they're like, why, if people would just leave them alone, you know, everything yeah. would be fine. Right. Yeah. Dracula is the jerk that's always going after people, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, he'll hunt you down. But yeah. even the wolf man, he's but, got a curse, you know? So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever thought about, I know I'm going all over here, but have you ever thought about doing uh, a story about, and forgive me if you already have, a story about like the '80s version of the Universal monsters, like Freddy, Jason, Michael, Leatherface, Pinhead, Chucky. I did a book long time ago, like God, 15, 20 years ago now, called "The Very Big Monster Show," and it was it was basically aimed at kids, but it was about a kid who finds the old Universal monsters who yeah. don't think they're scary anymore, and <laughs> goes up against the '80s monsters. Really? To, yeah, it was just a little, you know, a little one, little graphic novel that I did. But Is it yeah, still I've, available? I've done. I've, I think so. From IDW, I think so. I'm sure you can find okay. it cheap. You know. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then that was called one. You, I, I don't know. I'm oh, fanboying out here. What was that called again? Uh, the, the last. The very big monster show. Yeah. Okay. I almost thought the last picture show for some reason. <laughs> very, very, okay. <laughs> That, I'm gonna look for that. Wow, that's that's awesome. That's great. I feel like Chris Farley right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I saw that um, before uh, before he passed away, because after he passed away, that would have been very awkward. But you were gonna collaborate with uh, the late great Wes Craven on a project. We we managed to create a cup one comic series. Um. We did a series called uh, Coming, of Rage, Coming of Rage, which, as Wes pitched it to me, as three monsters walk into a bar. <laughs> and that's what he came at me with. I was like, okay, okay, we can work with this. You know, so uh, we went up doing, I think it was a four issue series. And honestly, in the confusion of, you know, losing Wes and all that, I've never even seen it. Oh, okay. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. I only got to, I got to meet him once, and uh, oh, that was a highlight of my life. <laughs> so just Sweet to be on that, yeah, yeah, he lived in, uh, uh, he lived in Martha's Vineyard at a certain point too, which is not too far from where I am right now. So yeah, and yeah, but you know, great. to hang out with him, you know, yeah. I mean, we talked about horror and stuff, but he liked to talk about other stuff. He was a bird watcher. He was, yeah, you know, he. Yeah, he loved birds and photographing and doing all that stuff. So he would talk, you know, we would talk about other stuff. It was, 
he was a very, very sweet man. And we, we tried to get a science fiction project off the ground, but by then he was sick and yeah. so yeah. that never happened. Yeah, no, he, I, he, they actually, uh, he actually did uh, some photographs that were published in one of the bird watching magazines. And I remember getting that and they, uh, they did a whole piece on it and it was like a different side to uh, Mr. Craven, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I love that because he was a college professor before ever doing any kind of movie stuff. And I always got mm -hmm. a kick out of that too. And he seemed like he was really repressed too. So he got a lot of that, a lot of the, uh, that energy out with his, uh, his creative things later on. And he took a big gamble too, like, uh, you know, having a family and, and everything at the yeah. time. But yeah, uh, just a great guy did so much great stuff. And, you know, that's one of the, I'm, I'm so lucky. I've gotten to work with so many of my heroes, you know, and like Clive Barker too, right? Clive Barker. Yeah. Well, Clive, I got my start with Clive. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. When the books of blood hit the U S I wrote him a letter saying like, I was like 19, 20 years old. I had no idea what I was doing, but I just, I wrote him a letter saying, I want to do comics of the books of blood. And yeah. he called me and he wow. called me on the phone and was like, yeah, let's figure it out. We'll figure out a way to do it. Um, I wound up doing them through Eclipse, um, yep. Eclipse Comics. I wound up teaming up with them because I, I really had no idea what I was doing publishing-wise. Right, right. So we teamed up with them. But, yeah, Clive, thanks to Clive, Richard Matheson. I mean, these guys gave me my start. You know? And Richard Matheson, too. Yeah, duel. Yeah, well, cool. Uh, I, did a, I did an adaptation of I Am Legend. And yeah. uh, just to tell you how much I love that book, I think the book runs 125 pages. Yeah. The comic was two twenty-five. <laughs> so I, didn't cut, I, cut, I didn't cut anything. You right. know, I just I wanted to keep everything in there. And he was such a great guy. He was so cool about it. Yeah, and uh, George Romero even used that as inspiration for Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, and I got to do a Dawn of the Dead comic. Oh man, is that still Which, available? <laughs> yes, yes, that's still okay. available from IDW. Okay. And uh, what was really cool about that was there's no script. There's nobody could find a script. So <laughs> I had I had a dialogue sheet. I had a, di a dialogue sheet and the movie. And I just yeah. sat there and would like watch a scene and type it up. Wow. You know, and all that. It was it was really fun to do, though, because I'm such a fan of Dawn of the Dead. Well, what you just described is almost like one of those screenwriter uh, exercises that they would have have people do where they would <laughs> transcribe like in screenplay form what they're watching and things. That's pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. And it was fun because I'm, I'm such a fan of the movie. What was your uh, what was your take on Land of the Dead? Because for a while there, <laughs> it was supposed to be Twilight of the, of the Dead, I think. And yeah. It was okay. I, you know what? I've only seen it once. I remember thinking it was okay. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, for me, Romero is Night Loving Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Creep Show. Yes. You know, those are the ones yeah. I really love. Um, I D Day of the Dead was okay. I like Day of the Dead a little bit, um, but yeah, I even like Season Dawn of the Witch. Yeah, yeah, good too. And uh, but man, Night of Living Dead, that was a very formative movie for me. You know, uh, yeah. when I saw that, I was just like, I went so nuts because not only did I love the movie as a horror movie, but then I found out George Romero made it himself in Pittsburgh yes. for $70,000. And right. I just, my head exploded, you know, because I lived in Washington, D.C. 
you know, I, I had, I wasn't connected with the entertainment industry. So right. hearing that people were making movies outside the Hollywood system and really good movies. Is that know? where you got the, uh, you got the bug to want to make it be a filmmaker is with Night of the Living Dead? That was one of the things. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to do special effects. Um, but unfortunately I just wasn't very good, you know, I wasn't very good and slowly yeah. fell into writing, you know, it was just like, I, I made, here's going to date me again, but I used to make super eight movies. No, that's great. That's great. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I made like, you know, tons of super eight movies, all kinds of different stuff, but the writing is what stuck. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think part you don't, you don't have to wrangle a bunch of people, you know, which filmmaking involves dealing with people a lot and uh and i like free. to sit you know i have my little dungeon here and i just <laughs> i like to work by myself and you know uh, well and it's free yeah, so. you don't need anything to write exactly that's what was always appealing to me and like you said you got to wrangle a whole crew together and everything and <laughs> yeah yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, my thing was Night of the Living Dead and uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and uh, Evil Dead, I think. Yeah, you know? well, Evil Dead. Wow, that was another one. You know, and for the same reasons, you know, made independently. You do you it know? yourself. Yeah. Yeah, totally do it yourself. So, love, yeah, loved it. Yeah, and then uh, and then later on also uh, movies like Clerks and like Quentin Tarantino and things like that, because that's when I was really coming of age, you know, to want to yeah. be able to go and do it yourself, you know, make a, you know, a little black and white independent movie, you know? Yeah. So well, Robert Rodriguez. Him too, I mean, El Mariachi. Was, yeah. yeah. I mean, look at him. Yeah. I mean, he was making movies using his credit cards. Yeah. And, and videotape, like he was literally editing on his VCR. <laughs> yeah. And that, I guess that dates both of us. I don't know. People are like, oh, what's a VCR? Like, what's that? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> have you have you thought about um, making, and again, please forgive me if you already have, have you thought about making an independent movie like as, as like a filmmaker? Uh, Still? I, I like writing. I really, I like yeah. behind the scenes. I like the writing. Um, yeah. I think it's a whole different, you know, obviously it's a whole different skill dealing with actors, right. trying to organize yeah. this massive production. Um, I like, I just like telling the stories, you know, yeah. uh, there's probably one or, you know, I could be enticed by the right project, but it's not really, it's just not what I do. No, I get that. Yeah. I didn't know if you still had that in you, like from way back in the day, but filmmaking has really changed as well too, <laughs> you know? So I, I just curious, but um, yeah. well, what have you been up to uh, recently? I, I believe you collaborated with David Desmalchen, right? The actor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yeah, it was, uh, uh, he has a character uh, named Count Crowley and I have a character named Cal McDonald that I've done a series of dark horse called criminal macabre forever. Yeah. He was a big fan. So I, I knew he was a big fan. So I wrote him a letter, you know, I just wrote him an email just saying like, Hey, let's, uh, let's collaborate. Let's do a crossover with our two characters. They're two monster hunters. You know, yeah. we can have a lot of fun with it, especially we realize his character is sober. My <laughs> right. character is not, not so sober much. at all. <laughs> so, you know, so we thought that would be really fun to play with. Uh, and yeah, I, you know what we, we did it. 
like hot potato style. I wrote five pages, then tossed it to him. He wrote five. We finished it in like a week. Wow. So it was really funny. (laughs) Such a nice guy, you know, and very talented. Yeah, no, that's that's great. It'd be that'd be almost like if you had like uh, Nancy from Nightmare Nightmare Three Dream Warriors, where she's uh, you know got a college degree, teaming up with like Doctor Loomis or something, you know. But yeah, Doctor Loomis wasn't he wasn't really a drunk, but maybe that was a bad analogy altogether. But anyway, moving yeah, on. Yeah, no. Loomis was a little grouchy, you know. He, he was. <laughs> yeah, six times. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Okay, and you also are connected with another thing that is really close to me, uh, Batman. And yeah, I actually yeah. just got to interview for the second time uh, Athena Finger, granddaughter oh. of Bill Finger. Uh, oh wow, she's fantastic too. So oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I was lucky enough to, you know, I for a brief period of time I wasn't doing much. In, I was still doing independent stuff. But yeah. I, you know, I got to do Batman, got to do some stuff at Marvel. I got to do the Creeper, you know, so I, that was what I wanted to bring up too, the Creeper after yeah. a while. Yes. Uh, I love, you know, I, that was, that was a really fun series. And it was actually really funny because I was so nervous when they approached me about it. I was thinking like, okay, I'm going to read the old Ditko books and I'm going to, I'm going to play it straight. And I, yeah. so I wrote my first pitch and they were like, where are the monsters? <laughs> <laughs> Cause they wanted like a, you know, a little horror twist to it. So God, it, I, that was a long time ago too, but yeah, that was really fun to do doing Batman. Yeah. You know, the first time you type Batman. Jim Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, yeah. I did uh two graphic no- or two series and a short story in the, uh, in the uh, legends of the dark Knight. And one of those was narrated by Poison Ivy, Pamela Isley, right? Oh, oh, you mean the uh, the cartoon I did? Well, yeah, I was, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, because I did a Spectre cartoon, and it was Poison Ivy was like the narrator of the whole thing, if I remember right, right? I think so. You know, that was one of those things. Like I wrote the script. <laughs> and... I should have. Yeah, I should have that down. I know. Well, it's, it's great, though. You know. I've been doing this for so long and have done so much stuff that sometimes I don't remember my own stuff. <laughs> you know? And that's not a bad thing. People come up to me, I have had people come up to me. They're like, remember that scene where da da da? I'm like, no, but <laughs> I'm sure I did it. I'm glad you liked it, sir. Yeah. <laughs> no, but just to be able to play around with those uh, characters, like mm-hmm. was there ever a, a Batman villain that you I mean, aside from like Joker and all the ones that we would know, was there ever a villain that you ever wanted to adapt on your own? Like for whether it was a Batman comic or like a standalone thing? A villain? I don't know. You know, I've always, I don't know about any villains, but I've always wanted to do more Spectre. Spectre. Because I feel like the Spectre has an opportunity to be really hard boiled and dark, you know? And, uh, yeah, maybe someday. I, I haven't pitched Marvel or DC in, in a long time. Right, right. You know, I, I just, I, I've got my independent companies. I've been doing a lot of stuff with Image. And I, I've got new stuff coming from IDW. Um, I've been doing a lot of work with Sandy Carpenter. And, you know, Sandy and John Carpenter's company called Storm King. I've been trying to get her on the show too, Sandy. Yeah. Oh, she's great. Yeah. She's so great. Yeah, she's published like 
five or six of my books and I've got, you know, two more coming. Well, even uh, John, um, not that I know him, <laughs> Mr. Carpenter, he even wrote his own Joker comic a couple of years ago, too. So that yeah, was pretty yeah. cool to see. It was very nice. He also, he wrote the introduction to one of my Batmans, uh, wow. which is very cool. And that uh, actually in his house. Right? That had to be a yeah, highlight, kind of like the Sam Raimi thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He's got, oh, Carpenter's so great. He's so great. Uh, we did a, we did a video game together. Which is, um, yeah. Uh, we did Plus a we tried it. Oh, uh, it was called Fear Three. Fear Three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which you know, unfortunately, when they came to us with it, they had the game already. They wanted so to make your names right. They wanted us to write some cinemas and sort of adapt it. So it was a very peculiar way to work. Yeah. Um, but it was so fun. You know, I would meet John once a week. Wow. You know, and we just go over stuff and, you know, it took me a while to, you know, so I was really starstruck. Yeah. Um, but he's a really, he's a very down to earth guy. So very into basketball easy. too. I've heard <laughs> me too. That's my one sport. Oh, are you? Wow. Yeah. I don't, I don't watch any other sports. I just, uh, for some, I had an ex-wife who turned me on to basketball and it's stuck ever since. I've been, I was always hockey, but even that I don't really yeah. follow anymore. But yeah, yeah, I, I go back and forth. I don't, you know, yeah, uh, but yeah, John, John loves basketball and he loves video games. That's what I was going to say, too. That's what I remember because on the set of uh, Escape from LA, I guess that was in his contract that anytime the Lakers, I think that was his team. Anytime the Lakers would have a game, we would not be shooting like <laughs> at that moment. And he would right. have some video game time. And I always thought that was like yeah. a Bill Murray thing. Great. Like <laughs> right in the contract, he's going to lay it out. Yeah. We're not going to film during the games or, or whatever. And that, <laughs> that always got that's me. Right. Like, no, that's, that's well, that's fantastic too. So they, they've been helping you. Uh, they've been um, working with you, um, uh, Sandy. and uh, Quite a bit. Uh, Quite a bit. Um, wow. I've been, I mean, they've been one of my main publishers for the past few years and actually, um, about two, was it two years? Yeah. About two years ago, we got stuck in a, a fire, you know, mm. we live up in the mountains and we had the fire coming through. So we had to evacuate Yeah, and we have a ton of animals and, wow. you know, we live like on a little ranch. So we had to get everybody out and it was Sandy and John who let us stay in their guest house. Wow. Just incredibly That's, sweet people. I think I remember during that time, though, a lot of people got, not to get too serious, but a lot of people got stuck on like the highways up there, right? And during that yeah. fire. Luckily, yeah. our house survived. Our house our house was still standing when we came back, so. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's well you know that's that's great yeah no uh, that whole yeah. that whole thing sounded very scary uh when it was going on yeah um have you you've also worked with thomas jane too right we worked together point. briefly God, a long time ago we he had a company called raw yeah um and he had some story ideas that basically i mean basically he needed somebody to script his ideas uh, so oh, okay. I worked on him uh, with one called Bad Planet. Bad Planet. Uh, and I did I did the scripts for that. Um, I helped out with it. We did a movie. Oh, God. I doubt you've ever seen it. But David Arquette made a horror movie called The Tripper. Yeah, the Tripper. And he had a, a Ronald Reagan mask, right? 
<laughs> you know it. I seen yeah. it. <laughs> Paul Rubin was, was in it too. I think. Yeah. yeah. Were you really? on that? Yeah, and uh, wrote <laughs> that was fantastic. Thomas and wrote Tom Jane's dialogue. So, oh my uh, god. Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. seen that. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I love the makeup. Is so good. Yes. You oh, know yeah. uh, what's his name? Oh, it's Chris, the guy who played uh, Reagan. His name's Chris. And I can't remember oh, his last name, but he's like a yeah. great special effects guy. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah he he worked like, with Rob Zombie a bunch too, right? I think so. Like, oh, I'm thinking of Wayne Toth. All right. Oh, I'm, I'm, getting Toth, it all, yeah. I'm getting it all mixed up. But, but speaking I, I, I of Mr. Zombie, <laughs> yeah. you've had a relationship with him too, right? Yeah. We did uh, two comics. We did uh, Bigfoot with yeah. Richard Corbin. Richard wow. Corbin, who's a legendary artist. And then we did a book called The Nail, the Nail. Uh, with Dark Horse, uh, with Nat Jones doing the art. And uh, The was, Nail was based you know, on his, his screenplay for a movie that he never got to make, right? Tyrannosaurus Rex, I think, about the wrestler? I think that came after the fact. Oh, okay. I think okay. after we did the comic, then he did Tyrannosaurus Rex. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. He's another one that we we play, we worked hot potato. I would write a few pages, send it to him. He'd send back pages, you know. Yeah, it's such just... a cool life so far, my friend. Oh, it's <laughs> very it's lucky. Awesome. Very, very lucky, you know. Yeah, but you seem like uh, a really cool guy. So uh, maybe it's not so okay. much luck. You just you seem like a good guy. So not to. Oh, uh, thanks. Not to be a brown noser or anything, but <laughs> so how was it? So with the nail. Uh, was there talks at the time of uh, translating that into a, a one of Rob's films? I don't know. I don't know who. Had, I think Rob had the rights to that, so right. I'm sure since he, you know, he makes movies, I'm sure he was thinking of something. something. Uh, but yeah. all I ever heard was Tyrannosaurus Rex, you know, yeah. with, uh, the wrestling movie. So, and and your Bigfoot uh, comic, that's really yeah, that was. So that was really fun. I mean, I was, I mean, it was great to work with Rob. Yeah. But Richard Corbin yeah. is a legend, you know, he's a legendary uh, artist. For and those who don't know, what was some of uh, Richard's other work? Just so people. Can well, he's it. very well known, you know, for doing stuff in heavy metal. Uh, he had a very famous series called Den, Den. Uh, that came out, you know, remember the, with the naked guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, which that's, yes. I remember seeing it as a little kid, and, oh, you know. But right. uh, I got to work with you know, getting to work with him was just fantastic. Yeah. Now, did you take inspiration from movie uh, movies like Boggy Boggy Creek, things like that? For the I was big say, Legend of Boggy Creek. Yeah. Um, it was more the memory. I remember the commercial for Legend right. of Boggy Creek scaring the crap out of me when I was a little kid. Yeah, and we had just moved to Virginia, so we had woods in the backyard, oh, and yeah. so I just remember that fear of just like there's a monster and he's gonna pull me out the window, you know. And uh, I, I just sort of use that as inspiration, but not the story so much. Right, right. But I, I, I got to bring up in search of too, right? Was oh, that, I love in search me. of. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the theme scared me, you know. But oh yeah, and Leonard Nimoy's just the dry and the voice and everything. Oh my god, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I would. I'm hoping that someday somebody makes a a really really scary Bigfoot movie, 
And I know you could say like Boggy Creek, you know, that was cool. It's the way they shot it and everything in the 70s. That was cool and all. But I mean, like, almost like a Rob Zombie, like not maybe not over the top gore or anything, but something like really terrifying. And that's kind of what I was I was thinking when I was reading your your Bigfoot collaboration, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We've never never really had any offers to do it as a as a movie. Yeah. So, and no Harry and the Henderson sequel or anything like that for you, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I agree. A scary Bigfoot movie would be really fun. Yeah. No. I, yeah. And I actually, I live in a place called the Bridgewater Triangle, which people, they consider that like the Bermuda Triangle, but on land. It's right here in Massachusetts. Yeah. And supposedly there's been some Sasquatch uh, sightings around here. You know, UFO dealings, you know, ghosts, disappearing hitchhikers, and and uh, say, unfortunately, some very real life satanic activity, like in the woods back in like the '80s and things like that. Wow! So it's pretty rich with uh, some some dark material. So I've been trying to get that off the ground for a while too. But yeah, no, I love the fact that you were able to tackle something like Bigfoot. You know? Yeah, it was really fun. It was really fun. I yeah, I've just you know. I've been very fortunate in getting to work with all these people, you know, and probably the biggest for me um, was becoming friends with and working with Bernie Wrightson. Oh, can you, you tell know. us about that? And uh, yeah, you know, I actually, uh, we met at a comic convention in Texas. Yeah. I heard he was there and I grabbed a stack of my, like an obnoxious stack of my books and went to his table and was like, here, I'm a huge fan. And this is me. <laughs> and we started talking and we found out we lived a block apart from each other in LA. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, you know, wow. it's just like, really? You live there? So we just started hanging out yeah. and I was just thrilled to know him, you know? Uh, so I never brought up work at all. Then right. he's the one who actually brought up doing work together. And for those out there that are not familiar, he uh, he worked on Swamp Thing, and a lot he of created horror, it. he's the co-creator. Yeah, not just worked on it; he created it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he what he did the greatest illustrated version of Frankenstein. Yes. that exists. I mean, his Frankenstein illustrations are legendary, and yeah. uh, couldn't have been a sweeter guy. We would every Friday night we you know get beer and pizza and play Scrabble. And we'd make up, and we'd just make up stories while we were, we were hanging out. That's the creative process. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah, and then I'd go away. You know, we'd talk, and I'd go away and write. It was just, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Did you ever get to do that with like Neil Adams at all? I know, oh, I knew Neil. Um, always a sweet guy. We almost, we almost worked together, um, but it was on a thing called October Faction. That I okay. did. And he just wasn't, he kept waffling on it. So I went with da- Damien Worm, yeah. who's a friend of mine and really great artist. So we went and did uh, October Faction and we actually sold it to Netflix. Wow. So yeah. is that, is that yeah, still in the works or has that been a while? Or? Oh, it only lasted one season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, okay. All right. Yeah. It, it came and went. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, no, but that's, that's that. yeah, that's what I was saying about earlier. I mean, I'm so fortunate to have 30 days a night because yes. I consider it a well made movie. A, you know, all I wanted was a good horror movie, 
with yeah. scary vampires, you know, um, because you can't guarantee what happens to once you give your stuff over, it's a total crapshoot, you know, what happens Too many with cooks. October Faction. October Faction, you know, I love the cast and a lot of the ideas they had, but it just wasn't the comic, you know, right. it was something else. Yeah, so. too many cooks in the kitchen kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It gets watered down. Yeah. Yeah. You have, do you have a dream project that you've never been able to get off the ground that you would really very much like to uh, see made one day? I've been so lucky, you know. I mean, you know, I got to, I've been able to do Criminal Macabre for years, you know. I mean, I don't even know how many graphic novels of that I have now. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be up there. Um, I've been very fortunate, you know, and been able to do a lot of stuff. So there's, there's nothing really nagging at me, you know, that's a good uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's certain projects I've done that I would love to see adaptations of, but as far as the projects, you know, I've, I've been very lucky that I can always find a home for things. Yeah. Well, has there been any genres that people might be surprised that you would want to tackle that maybe they did that they don't know about um, yet. Two of my books for um Storm King for Sandy's company were young adult. Oh, okay. I did young adult horror. I did two, I did a thing called Sacred Hearts and a thing called Monica Blue. And they were it was horror it wasn't I wouldn't say safe, but it was just you know it, it, I watched it on the language and the gore. Was it like an uh, RL? Uh, was it kind of like an RL Stein type thing, or was it not uh, that? It wasn't skewed that young. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, and, you know, just a little, little more accessible for kids. You know, okay, so I, yeah. I think people are always surprised about that because you know I'm known for doing graphic horror, so doing yeah. kids stuff, people are like, "What?" You know, <laughs> right? Um, but you know, now we've done a couple. My wife and I did a book for Storm King called The Yard Gang which is a kid's comic, I mean, a little kid's comic about all our animals. Oh, that's what I'm, that's the type of thing I was, uh, that's what I was meaning to. Yeah. 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 Something that people wouldn't, wouldn't expect from you. Things that like, yeah. like a yeah. flat out comedy or, you know, or um, like a Western, you know, something like yeah. that, you know, like art stuff that now I'm starting to sound really, really stupid, but just the stuff that you would people wouldn't uh, think that you'd be into uh, creating, you know. So yeah. you've done, well, I think, yeah, yeah, little little kid comic about animals. I don't think people saw that coming. <laughs> that's what I mean, and that sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like with Kevin Smith, uh, all of a sudden starting to make horror movies. It's like it was like one of those things you didn't expect from him, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, and I, I appreciate you taking the time. And you know what? For for you having a signal for where you're at, you haven't broken up at all. And uh, oh, good. I'm glad that we've uh, third time's a charm because we try a couple yeah. other times. And uh, I really do hope that you'll you'll talk to me again. Uh, you know, coming up when you know when you got other things coming out. Uh, which you do yeah. anyway with David Dismalchin. And what was that called yeah. one more time for people? To check oh, it's out? Uh, Criminal Macabre uh, Count Crowley. Okay. Uh, it's called uh, It Came From the Pit. Okay. Yeah. 
That's great. Yeah, so that's great. Yeah, so we did that. And then, you know, I can come back when I've got a whole slate of books that are sort of in the pipeline right now, but yeah, they'll be out yeah. like over the next year. I'll keep oh, you posted. Yeah. Maybe oh, we'll that would be great. That would be fantastic. And uh, I promise you, I will leave the Chris Farley shtick at the door. And I will be I'm all I'm kind of oh. fanboying right now. And I told myself, you know, just relax. He's gonna think you're an idiot. Yeah. Just stop. So anyway, so uh, do you have any upcoming uh, appearances at conventions? No. You know what? The pandemic just knocked me off the whole convention thing. I just, I haven't been traveling. I haven't gone anywhere. So I want to get back to it, but I don't have anything scheduled right now. Okay. So for people, just keep an eye out for that uh, coming up possible. Okay. And uh, do do you, uh, and the last thing I'll ask, for anyone that wants to reach out to you, that's if you want to be reached out to. Is there a place that people oh. can go to to find you and your work and, uh, and maybe give you a nice uh, nice message? Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Those are I'm on all those, and I mean that's how we hooked up. You know that's, that's right. how we. So you know okay. I try to answer anybody who call you know right. So uh, okay, that's, that's the best way. Okay. Not so. Have, Twitter's getting weird now, so Facebook is better. Twitter's very but weird right now. Yeah, I can't find anything. I don't know what the hell's going. On. I'm like all yes. these tweets that I people I'm not following, and yeah, I don't get uh, it. Oh yeah, there's a lot of shadow banning going on, and uh, sometimes I do. I uh, sometimes I'll flat out tell you. Sometimes I do episodes that have nothing to do with uh, creativity or the arts. Sometimes I do episodes on like the JFK assassination or something like that, yeah. like weird, weird stuff. And even that 60 years later will get you shadow banned. If you have certain keywords in it, it's big brother Orwell oh, stuff. Know. It's weird. Yeah. That's but nice. anyway, that's nice. <laughs> and but, yeah, I'm out there. I mean, easy to read. You have an official website. I do. I, okay. I haven't updated it for, <laughs> for like well, a that's year. That's fine. No, no but actually, it, it, I, you can find your, a lot of your work on it. Just stevedials.com. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, like I said, it's been, uh, I appreciate it, uh, t- you taking the time. And uh, uh, until we, uh, until we uh, talk again. <laughs> Excellent. All right, man. So All do right. I just, do I just hit leave? Uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'm, what I'm going <laughs> to do is I'm going to hit the outro and then I'm going to hit end broadcast and uh, that'll be it. Excellent. Okay. Well, till we speak again and you have a good rest of your day. You too. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks.